Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and of course those clever fellas at Bet Hard. It's me, Dean Ryan, in gambling.com towers, uh, joined by Dermot Nolan. Hello, Dino. Hello, and uh, Paddy Aspel. How are you, boys? Doing well. Doing really well and uh, enjoyed, you know, a few more of these horses coming out the weekend that could be heading to Cheltenham. We're also on this podcast, as we traditionally do, we obviously go back through last weekend's racing. Uh, we won't be looking at the following week's racing, though, but we're going to spend some time after the break talking about Cheltenham novice hurdlers and novice chasers if we can get through them. I should also give a mention that um, the race hour well, it's the inaugural one demo, the first, first ever, ever, yeah, first yeah, ever come along with proper Cheltenham Festival preview night is taking place. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's taking place tonight. Yep, which is weird, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, in the goat, uh, Dave, Je- Dave Jennings, Don McLean, Keith Donahue, Mikey Fogarty, and uh, Dermo and myself all in a in a pub in Dublin, and uh, we're going to film it. We'll put it out on YouTube. It'll be available on gambling.com. And uh, hopefully we'll give people a few winners. Paddy, of course, gives us all his insight on this podcast, so it's good that he can do that. Um, but we're looking forward to the preview night. And also, one other mention, there is a Race Hour Extra podcast coming out later this week. Myself, Jessica Lamb from gambling.com on the three stable tours of Willie Mullins, Gordon Elliott, and Nikki Henderson. So do keep an eye out for that. Right, should we get going, lads? We most certainly should. All right, then, let's talk about some of the horses that ran last weekend. Uh, first one, and in the champion hurdle picture by rights is uh, Lorena Damo. Um she's only ever raced against Mess. Yeah, I I just I can't have her. Like she could well be an absolute superstar. And I genuinely hope she is because it's at the moment we're a sport that's kind of bereft of of them at the moment, Bar Altior. Um yeah. but I think she just she doesn't jump like a champion hurdler. Um she'll stay all day. I've absolutely no doubt that she'll be flying up that hill late on, but I think she'll get herself far enough behind the likes of Bouvier there. And even Apple's Jade jumps a lot better than she does, an mm. awful lot better. So I just think that they'll they'll have skipped away from her. The amount of ground that she kind of ponders over to lose jumping each hurdle, I think would be too much in the champion hurdle. Uh, I think she'd be a beast jumping fences next season. And it's kind of a shot to nothing for her anyway. But uh, I definitely could not have her. And the odds are way too skinny. Yeah, they are skinny, but we just don't know how good she is. Um, Paddy, you obviously saw it on Wednesday in that Punchestown Mares. I think it was the Corvega Mares hurdle. Um, they had the race in mind for a while. Ground probably wasn't ideal. She did seem to jump a bit big. Stormy Island in behind is an absolute tank of a mare. Uh, yeah, it's not It's not the worst prep, is it? At least the prep's done. No, I mean, she got the job done very nicely, but, you know, I mean, really, Sandown was a non-event. I mean... Yeah. Dermo's right. I mean, she is not running enough two mile races on sort of better ground. You know, she's run on heavy ground too many times and, you know, over sort of a trip further than two mile. And although she's, you know, I mean, she started off in France and she has got a fair bit of experience. I mean, she's run over hurdles eight times, but, you know, you would say experience wise, she's got enough, but not enough for me wouldn't have enough champion hurdle experiences as to what she would need to, to be competitive in a race like that. The Dermo's spot on, you know, she, she would just be absolute rev counter would be in the max from, from, from the get go. And she, you know, I, I don't think she'd get a look at. Shot to nothing price too short, I think is the view, isn't it? I mean, it would be amazing if she could go and beat those. those lads in if there, she wins that race and then presented for wins the gold cup after preps. Do you know what? We may as well just call off six months. Of the season, I just, get it. I do. Just I do. Kind of let these horses roll up. Like, it would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it would but be just. 
she's going there. Makes it a champion hurdle that you know we all can't wait yeah. for. There will be Obviously. fans of Lorena going into that race. There's no oh, doubt about that. There, there, there will be. Okay, let's talk about a horse that actually didn't win, but perhaps takes the plaudits from the weekend, and that was in the Dovecote, where Southfield Stone of Paul Nichols turned over Angel's Breath. Paddy, Angel's Breath had only jumped four hurdles in public before we saw him at the weekend. And for me, it was an enhancing reputational performance, but a lot of people immediately, and you get that social media kind of warrior stuff, um, Angel's Breath isn't going to win a Supreme. Do you know what? I think he just might. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think, you know, he's going the other way around the other day. Kempton, I don't think that sort of track at two mile would play to his strengths. And literally Nico was trying to, get a bit of experience into him he looked he really did look at pains didn't need to, to even give him a smack or give him a proper shove and he still ended up to get sort of within three quarter lengths of Southfield Stone and yeah. I mean Southfield Stone is absolutely no mug I know he was getting five pound um, off Angel's breath but you know the form between him and the Tizard horse um Elixir yes. yes, you know, I mean, that, that form now tied in between them two this year is working out so good, um, you know, and I, I bet Nicky Henderson was just chuffed to bits to get this horse out on the track. I know there was only seven runners, um, but nonetheless, he got to jump eight more hurdles, it, it sort of in amongst it. And I think, although he was beat, um, you know, it was certainly not the worst prep ever in the world. And I think that the experience will stand him in massive stead around somewhere like Jogger. Yeah. Hey, Paddy, do you know when people talk a lot about the um, experience gained to a horse, do you notice it immediately in their work afterwards? As in, like, obviously winning that now is a lot better than winning a four-runner race at, you know, at, at Fontwell somewhere where he wouldn't have met another horse. Do you know, like running through the gaps and kind of... Uh, going alongside another horse like that, trying to catch another horse in the running, would you notice it immediately with a horse afterwards that like they've learned from that like in their work? Like, it, Is it like a maturing process really? Is it? Yeah, definitely. You know, people mightn't think that jumping eight flights of hurdles and, you know, one five-minute race is going to improve a horse so much, but it's more so, it's not the, the physical side, it's the mental side, you know? I mean, the, the physical side is already there, but you can't put the mental stuff there unless you turn up and do it. Um, you know, so Angel's Breath will have benefited so much and really I bet if you were to ask Nicky Henderson of, of record was he bothered the horse got beat I bet he would say not actually that bothered I've got the prep in a bit of experience He he's actually gone racing pace down the hurdles and had to be asked and I bet he, he, he thinks that his horse will improve stacks for Cheltenham and, and we could see a different horse there do you know what I loved about the way Nico was riding him there? Kept pulling him on the inside, making sure he had two horses on the outside, making sure he's a little bit tight for room. He's going to have to learn to jump these hurdles with horses around him. Um, jump brilliantly as well. I thought he did. Yeah. And they've always said that he had at home anyway. It's what surprised me, and it's an instant reaction when he gets beat, is that the price suddenly went out to double figures for a horse that was, what, 11 or 2 before the race for Supreme Novices. Yeah. And now he's getting clipped back in. I just... For me, he did exactly what they needed him to do. I know he didn't win the race, and Paul Nichols came out afterwards and said, oh, "I wouldn't even consider my horse for it." <laughs> I love for Paul a Nichols for that. But you know, that's just that's just a shot across Paul the bow. Paul Nichols didn't he once say before that uh, Identity Thief was the horse to beat in Champion Hurdles? Yeah, and he put any power his favorite. It's just what he does. I just yeah, I love his smack talk. But the uh, but yeah, Dean completely agree with all that. I mean, the one thing we can take away is the favorite also or the winner. In fairness to him. He went through the last quite badly, yep. and he went on really well. Yep. If he was to go into that Imperial Cup, which I see he's priced for, and end up in a handicap in Cheltenham, we could be dealing with a kind of a horse who's maybe just ahead of his mark as well. 
I see Angel's Brett got a mark of 150 today. That's very fair. He was given five pounds. Mm-hmm. And as well as that, what everyone seems to be forgetting is the horse would have missed seven to 10 days of work because he got his equine jab just yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's everything that horse did there is going to bring him on bundles. Nicky Henderson had a big smile on his face afterwards. Yeah. Every quote of his was 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 very positive. And the fact that they're not shirking away from the Supreme and the way that Di Walters mentioned his horse immediately after Al Dancer uh, won, I think suggests to me that was it. He mightn't be Altior-esque special, but they still think he's very good. Uh, yeah, and I, I can see exactly why. Like, it, it's race course gallop time now, right? Yeah. This is what happens with horses. that There isn't a race for them before you challenge them. They'll turn up at a course, and an hour before or an hour after race, they're going to do gallops. If they'd have done that with Angel's Breath, his price wouldn't yeah. have changed. And Kempton wouldn't have suited. The fast ground exactly. wouldn't have suited. The exactly. whole thing was He's got it. so much more done yeah. by going to that race. And also, I would say that performance was a bigger performance than the Betfair hurdle win from Al Dancer. Yeah, because of the quality of the opposition, because of the difficulties that he would have faced going into the race, and because he's had a race. And he didn't get in off a low weight like Al Dancer did. He was That's giving, what I mean. He ran he Angel's Breath. Yeah. He ran Angel's <laughs> Breath in that Betfair hurdle. And Paddy, you made this point last time. You run any of those supreme horses off 141. It was Stephen Cass maybe said this. but It was, yeah. Like... You run any of the horses in the Supreme of 141 that bet for hurdle. They, they win. win. Yeah. So they, they, they've done what they need to do. Die Waters, hopefully, is going to send them both to the same race. I'm assuming that's both what Twiston Davis and Henderson want to do. And we're going to get a great Supreme. Um, let's kick on then to, well, we've all waxed lyrical about a horse called Honeysuckle on here for a mare's novices hurdle at Cheltenham. Um, finally, she's got a rival, it seems, in Epitante. Won a, it was a class four. Now we need to we yeah, need to we need to remember this. It was a class four, but it was a romper Exeter Paddy. Um, there is a rival to Honeysuckle at least emerged. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, look, she is she's unbeaten over hurdles, or, or she's won. Um, where is she now? She's had two goals over hurdles, um, but she's won two bumpers in France. I mean, look, you were you knew beforehand. You were just as wise beforehand as you were afterwards uh, about Exeter the other day because. There was nothing to beat. It was just a case of seeing her in the flesh. Um, but she done everything right and won, as as, as a price said. But nonetheless, uh, she is exciting, that's for sure. But because, you know, she, she's going into Cheltenham now without really being sort of tested, we're, we're all in the dark as as to as to what Nicky has. Yeah. But he has raved about her. He has mentioned her, you know, on several occasions, how much he, he, he does like her. And, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Nicky Henderson has looked at an awful lot of Cheltenham winners, so he knows what it takes. But from what we have visually seen on the track, we're still a bit in the dark. Um, But he is certainly making all the right noises for her, isn't he? Yeah, Henderson likes her a lot, doesn't he, Demma? He does. And do you know that Mare's Novice is actually shaping up to be one of the... It's not hard to be the best Mare's Novice yet, but it is. I mean, you've posh Trish, you've Salsoretta, you've a few in there now that are, That's true. are very decent horses. So the Mare's Novice this year, again, is looking like a very competitive race. I wouldn't swap Honeysuckle for the world, but I back up everything Paddy said there. Uh, Epitante, she was just aesthetically very pleasing. Every single thing about her was just really good to watch. But again, she beat, like, you know, she beat nothing. Absolutely nothing. She beat that, that Sherwood horse, uh, Mackety, isn't Mackety, it? Who, yeah. yeah. You know, was 25 to 1. So, yeah, I I wouldn't yeah. write at home about her, but she's clearly very good. Where Angel's Breath had a test, Epitante had a race course gallop with hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, but it is good that we, well, I guess it's good. I've backed Honeysuckle. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really I not good <laughs> that Epitante has got out there and got run under about. But we do wish them well at the festival. I was going to talk about Fuzil Raffles, um, the Meneer horse that came out from Henderson's yard and entered the Triumph hurdle pitcher, but only for a few hours because a cut that he sustained during the race means he's going to miss the festival. Something we'll probably see at Aintree, hopefully. 
and uh, they'll find a race for Fuso Raffles. Um, there were a few other decent horses over the weekend. Um, a podcast charge on here was Bags Groove that went and won at Kempton. Seemed to got that one back on track. Uh, went on Stephen Cass. That was his nap of the weekend, although I didn't ask him what it was. So I'll give him credit for that now. Um, what's wrong with you? Nikki Henderson got that one out at Fontwell, and that will now hopefully, if it's got the right mark, go for a grand annual. Uh, one of your old horses, Demo One Vision, Day Flow. Vision Day Flow. Yeah, look, he's a lovable old devil. Um, I think they're reaching the end of his mark now over fence over. Hurdles, I think next year again now he'll he'll go down a similar route over fences again, hopefully. Um love absolutely love the horse, but they might tilt him at a champion hurdle, you know. Yeah, he's found a ceiling <laughs> very, very quickly. Like if he finishes first eight there, it's a great run, isn't it? Like well, it'd be great if they tilt him. They've always aimed for the absolute stars with the horse. It is, but like they've landed races because of that. Remember when yeah. White Bite fell at Kempton and Royal Vacation won the yeah, great yeah, one there? Yeah. It's yeah. just you, you know, you have to be in a race to win a race, I suppose, don't you? They're absolutely true. Absolutely true. I thought the second in that race, if the cap fits, is a certain improver for Fremont. They've just got to bite the bullet now and go up into it. Uh, Paddy, anything else from the weekend you wanted to mention? Dermo, anything else you wanted to mention no. from the weekend? Well, no, not I think Dermo, was it Dermo uh, the other week? Did you mention Dickie Diver, Dermo? I did. I did. He was very good, wasn't oh, he, Paddy? Oh, God, like, I mean, they took him back to Chepstow. I mean, that form now... Um, I mean, really, he he could have very easily got that race in the stewards' room last time at Chepstow when he was second to Liz Nagar Oscar. Um, Who's come out and won well since yeah, I mean, himself as well. Yeah. Liz Nagar Oscar has gone on and won a grade two by 10 lengths. And, you know, yeah. it's about round about seven to one for the Albert Bartlett now. And uh, Dickie Diver was, he was beat ahead that day and he got a proper bump close home. Um you know, of level weights. It was a hell of a run. I mean, he absolutely bolted up in his point-to-point uh, in Ireland, a relatively, I wouldn't say unfancy, but I mean, he won by 20 lengths. Um, and then unlucky at Chepstow, and then they took him back there the other day, and I mean, he travelled so well. Uh, Aidan Coleman was struggling to hold him going to the second last, um, and he's literally had to just give him a shake because he he, he, he dusted a bit going inside the wings at the last, and he missed it a bit. Um, but I tell you, he is a fair horse, Dicky Diver. Um, or No, sorry, it's him that's 7-1 for that, but your man is just in front of him, Liz Nagar Oscar, but I think he is a proper bit of uh, kit, Dicky Diver. He's got a mark, Paddy. One, four, three. Yeah. It doesn't seem anywhere near a potential scene. No, it, uh, I wouldn't have said so. Um, and I mean, to be honest, you, you would say now that even Nicky Henderson still doesn't know how good this horse is because, you know, we've only seen him. Um, we've only... It's going to be hard to place him off that mark because he's a three-miler. You're not going to get into for temps now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, they, 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 they mm. took him back and tripped the other day, I'd say, simply just to teach him a little bit and, and a bit more that's it, race and pace. Yeah. But oh, the, No, he'd be some chaser. Oh, God, he will. He, he's, a, he's a proper horse, that really is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the weekend discussed. We'll take a very quick break now on the race hour, brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and those clever fellas at Bet Hard. And when we come back, uh, it's all about the novices at Cheltenham. We're going to talk about them. So we'll be back after these messages. Check out gambling.com today for up-to-date horse racing trends, betting news, and strategy guides. Take advantage of our exclusive bonus offers for the biggest online bookmakers and casinos. At gambling.com, we write daily tipping pieces on the biggest sports. We find the best prices so you don't have to. Make placing a bet easier. Visit gambling.com today. 
Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour brought to you by Gambling.com and those clever fellas at Bet Hard. It's Dermot Nolan, Paddy Asport, and myself, Dean Ryan, and Gambling.com Towers. Uh, we're now going to turn our attentions to the novices at Cheltenham. Uh, we're going to kick off with the hurdlers. Uh, we did talk before the break about a horse that could end up, uh, well, could end up winning a Supreme Novices Hurdle. That was Angel's Breath. Let's talk about the Supreme. Uh, we've got our dancer at the top of the market. Um, we've talked about him plenty on the race hour already. We talked about Angel's Breath already on this podcast. Uh, Dermo, the Supreme is shaping up now. We're not going to learn anything else between now and the start of the Cheltenham Festival. Um, if the race was today, give me your thoughts. It's a re- I actually was sitting there at the weekend going through this, and I think we could be sitting on a very good renewal of the Supreme. Looks like last way. year's renewal, we can look back at it now. Look, Flash the was to come out and somehow... Uh, well, that win the Arkle. If they managed to get a, an engine strapped to his back and get him to go a bit quicker, <laughs> he might end up winning the Arkle. But the, um, it looks a really good renewal. I mean, you've got Mr. Fisher there who's done nothing wrong all season. Um, the reason why I've kind of been turned off him is just Nicky Henderson's rhetoric of how better Angel's breath simply seems to be. That's um, the reason but, Mr. Fisher is 12-1 to 1 in this yeah, market. Yeah, he shouldn't Because be he price. keeps talking about his other horse. Yeah, because everything he's done... Thomas Darby was electric at, at Cheltenham and Mr. Fisher for me put him away quite easily at Kempton. Oh, no. you've, then got, <laughs> you've then got Elixir the Nuts who has done absolutely nothing wrong. You're, you've got Grand Sansi and Southfield Stone who's, who's franked that horse's form from this season. Um, but the two I've landed on, Dean, are Angel's Bread who have gone back in on at the bigger prices. Tenth. At the weekend. Yeah. It's just, it's too big a price um, on what that horse actually managed to achieve. A mark of 150 is fair, and I think this horse will leave that mark well behind them. Now sevens with our friends at Bet Hard. Now sevens with the uh, mm-hmm. smart And it's guys. been clipped in everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then the other one they're looking at there is visioned on air still. Um, I think that ground has has really gotten his way. At Cheltenham, it's, it's going to be good to soft no matter what way the sun shines. Um, and I think he will really appreciate that I think he'll improve past the front two that day and Vision on there is a big price around 20 to 1 isn't he yeah he's a very good price yeah. 16s at the minute but I think with him you know because it's the first race on the first day there will be enough giving the ground for him, for, for him he'll yes, definitely exactly. act better so, than he did the last time we seen because him because he travelled well he just couldn't let himself down and yeah. let on at all so yeah. he'll be the one at the big odds but I'm still excited about Angel's breath and uh, he'll be the one definitely Paddy I know you're a big fan of our dancer um, is he the right favourite for the Supreme right now? Yeah, I mean, he's not terrific value. Um, but yeah. the thing is, I just thought plenty went wrong for him the other day. I know he, he on the face of it, he, he's probably a well-handicapped horse, but, you know, he over-raced um, and, you know, he was just doing things wrong for, for Sam Twisted. And you can see that in, in, in Sam's body language after. He was disappointed the way the race had gone. But at the same point, I think... If there was a hole in him, I think we'd have found it at Ascot that day, but, but he still picked up and was strong to the line. Um, you know, enough. I mean, I'll be honest, lads. Dermo, I think it was mentioned about Fakir Dudery. His form, if you go through it, of his last two is actually not that great. I mean, that that, that thing of, of Willie's got, got stuffed in Nace the other day that he beat a cork um, fast book. Yeah. Um, didn't even yeah. finish second, finished third. Um so, and the Cheltenham race last time, they, you know, I think Dharma mentioned it as well. You know, they, they let him off a little bit on the front end. I know he's, he, he put a, a good bit of distance between them, but the form of it just isn't that strong. Um, and like I said, the, the, the 
the juveniles in the UK are weak as well, Paddy. Yeah, it's just a weak point so, this year. So really, I'd have just said maybe his price is a little bit more false than maybe what Al Dancer is because I think with Al Dancer, he needs a bit of speed to run at. I mean, I, I think he's a proper horse. And at the minute, at Ascot the other day, you really couldn't be very impressed with him because he was doing too much, but they were going so steady, he was never going to impress, but he still picked up at the end of it. Whereas at the Supreme, Sam will be able to just drop his hands, get into a flow, you know, and this horse hurdles. He does all them things right, but if there's a bit of speed on, I think it'll suit him down to the ground. And, you know, as everyone knows, first race at Cheltenham, you're Supreme, you're going to have plenty of gallop, and I think that will suit him down to the ground. The Die Waters team have got such a strong hand. The one worry I'd have about Al Dancer, and we're coming back to trends, trends don't, don't win races, I know, horses do, but still 49 horses have rocked up to the Supreme uh, off the back of a handicap run, and all 49 have been beaten. I mean, that, that includes my tenter yours, that yeah. includes some very good horses. Ballyandy, yeah. who Ballyandy, Nicky Henderson yeah. was, at, or sorry, who Nigel Twisted Davis was as bullish about. Yeah. Um, so was Al Dancer, he was good um, for me anyway, Dean. I'd just be dodgy at that price. If he was the same price as Angel's bred around 10 or 12 to 1, yeah, you, you couldn't put anyone off. Yeah. I see that. I think the top two in the market are terrible prices. Yeah. My view. Um, that, it doesn't mean Al Dancer can't win a Supreme. Not at all. I think he can. I don't think Fakadu Dairy can win a Supreme. I'd be amazed if that happens. And at 7 or 2 or whatever price You're he suggesting is. he's as good as Binocular, aren't you? Really? Yeah, I, don't, he's yeah. not. I don't think he is. Like, not on what we've seen. And remember, he got stuffed every time he ran before he ever yeah. came to to race in uh, in Ireland and the UK so you know it's a four year old talented four year old let's let's see how good he is but I think we're going to see that it's not that good maybe not as good as this lot anyway and it could be a really good renewal of the Supreme um, we haven't mentioned Thomas Darby we didn't mention a couple of uh, Willie Mullins horses like the Classical Dream and Aramon um, this could just be a very very good Supreme Thomas Darby of course put um, Elixir de Nuts in his place early on the season now there's no doubt about it Elixir de Nuts will have improved from that Absolutely right. The time he got beat by Mr. Fisher was at Kempton. Don't think that's going to suit him. He pulled like a train as well. Big galloper too. Yeah. Um, I think Thomas Darby is one of the horses in here that's completely forgotten about. Ollie Murphy talks about him in And the one to Stephen Cass reference as well from the... Um, itchy Feet. Itchy Feet. Another I one. Mean, but that's not the best one of Ollie's. And that doesn't mean it won't beat the other one of Ollie's because he said it's a very straightforward talking, yeah. horse. Itchy Feet, straightforward, talented, got ability. He's in a great position where he can run a couple of horses in there. Thomas Darby's the one with the sex factor. Yeah. And if, if he does put his head down up that hill, I think I think he'd be in the mix. So Angel's Breath, Al Dancer, Thomas Darby. David it could be like a Dunguib year, you know, when Menorah won that. I think we'll have more than... I think we have more than one very good horse. Uh, definitely. In this race. Yeah. And a lot can go wrong on the day. Yeah. So I think you're looking for a price. Don't touch anything at 7 to 2, 5 to 2 right now for that race. Yeah. 7 to 1 Angel's Breath. They'll take them on in the day. Anyway. Well, that, yeah, but 7 to 1 Angel's Breath is where I'd start looking at that market. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait because that's a great way yeah, to start the festival. A serious way to start it's too. a great way to start the festival. Okay, let's have a look at the Ballymore, shall we? Um really wish that we'd see Commander of Fleet in this. We're not going to. They're all they're all guns blazing for the Albert Butler, which makes a lot of sense because yeah. they have Battle Over Doyen. Um, they could have got the choice wrong with both of them, is my view. You know, I'd, I'd switch them around. But do you like Battle Over Doyen, Demo? I do, but the, if you like Battle Over Doyen, you have to like Sam's profile, um, who three out at, in, that, in that race last time had an absolute, made a, a real horlicks of it. And... Um, when he turned around the bend there, Brian Cooper was on the inside, was just buried. You know the way Irish racing gets? Like once you're stuck on the inside, in the middle, you're done. So he kind of had to backtrack, fly around the outside, and he got to within, you know, three quarters of a length to a length of that horse. Absolutely flew home. 
Sam's profile is 20, 25 to one, isn't he? Uh, and like with, with our sponsors, Bethard and big just, price. Yeah. So like Mouse Morris is the king for this. Like Mouse Morris would have brought this horse along. He's done it with horses like Weapons Amnesty. He's done it with all these, these types of horses and he'll have brought this yeah. horse slowly. Now the fear is they could end up going to Albert Bartlett, but I think, uh, I like a staying horse for this race. That's why I would have liked Commander of Fleet as well. And sure. Mouse Morris is the king of this. He'll bring this horse along slowly and surely. And this horse will be peaked on the day if he goes. And I just think, no run or no bet at those odds. It just has to be. He paid. tends to not stretch his horses too early in their life either. So maybe he doesn't want to go anywhere near three miles just No, yet. and like, but like all this horse's form, I mean, the run before that was second to Darren Ross when kind of showed how babyish he was really. That um, was three mile, really Three soft mile, ground. really soft ground. I just kind of couldn't catch them in front, but really plugged on really well. Darren Ross pranked that. The four has come out one since. And the first run of the season was brilliant at Cork. And Eclo de Buffet, or however yeah. you pronounce that name, that horse has come out and was fourth behind Off You Go in that um, the handicap hurdle at Leperstown. Every bit of form that this horse that, that this horse brings to the party is very strong. And um, at big odds, I just think he's worth a play. Sam's profile. Sam's profile is very interesting. Of course, I didn't mention the favourite yet, Paddy, and that's Champ. We've all been we've all been impressed. We talked about him plenty on the race hour already as well. In terms of what he brings, it seems they've nailed their colours to this race a long way out. They've got a very smart seven-year-old, but he is seven, which looks a little bit out of place with some of these ones. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'll be of the same opinion as this guy, as Fakir Dudery. I've been through his form, um, you know, proper, and you can pick holes in it. And, um, you know, whether he is valued around about nine to four, I would have to argue not. Um Obviously, he's a giant of a horse, the Gordon Elliott horse, Battle Over Diane. And, I mean, you watch him jump around Nace the last day. He jumped okay for the size of him. He's actually quite good at a hurdle. He he could kick hurdles out of the ground if he wanted to, simply because of the way his stature and the way he's put together. But he doesn't. He's pretty good on his feet. Um, you know, he is a point winner. And now he's two from two over hurdles. But... I would echo Dermo's thoughts as regards Sam's profile because he was very unlucky at Nace. He was just at a vital stage of the race. Brian Cooper was, he was just having to sit still and wait for a bit of room when he needed to be getting out and going. Um, but he ran a huge race, Sam's profile. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was the sponsor's horse, um, City Island. I think he's gone under the radar a little bit simply because, you know, he, they're not really flash connections and he's trained by Martin Brazel, but he's round about eight to one. He's going the right way. Now, this horse, I looked down to his form and now, now I don't know whether we've got a, he's unbeaten when you look through his record, but he, he won a race very impressive at Galway, but he was disqualified. Now, it was nothing to do with the with the way the race was run. He didn't lose it in the steward's room, so it was obviously something to do with a, a veterinary thing or whatever. Um, but he absolutely bolted up. So really, he's unbeaten over hurdles yeah. this horse. Yeah. And that now, train is trained a Grand National winner, isn't he? Martin yeah. Brazo, he didn't have number six foul number there. Six like, he's, no, yeah. he's no mug. That's yeah, right. he's no mug. Yeah, and like I say, Sean Mulrine, he's slowly building his team of horses back up now and obviously he is the Ballymore Properties man. They'll be very, very keen to to win their, their prize money Absolutely. back and fair fair play, they've done a good job with this horse. He had nothing to beat the last day at one to five round nays, but he hurdles like a horse who's had a lot of goals to, to say, you know, he's only had the four or five and he stays, he's a horse who's on the improve and I thought he represented a bit of value for me at, at round about yeah, eight to one. I can see that, all right. I definitely can. I think there's one other horse I wanted to mention in here um, is Brewing Up a Storm for Ollie Murphy because he's got, 
a really good bunch of gin. I don't, I don't know if, 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 I want to, if I want to go down that road, but like brewing up a storm could easily be in the Supreme. Easy. I think he could be in the Supreme. They picked this race because the trip is going to suit him all the better, for sure. Um, if you look at when he came down the last day, I think he would have won. And that was a hot race. Yeah. That was a hot race. So he goes in off the back of a four, which is never good. But that was won by Birchdale, who they all talk about as being That's a really, been really nice type. Um, he's double figures too. So we've got three double figure horses to take on the top of the market there. Champ hasn't run for 74 days by the time this race comes around. Battle over Doyen won't have run for 66 days. You've got the likes of Martin Brazzle. Easy Arizona, that doesn't really matter. No, anymore, I know, so, yeah. I know. But you've got the likes of Martin Brazzle who got his, his race in bit of a cakewalk all right but absolutely concert Perfect pitch time. tuned yeah. up which yeah. i really like brewing up a storm although he come off the back of a full 46 days it's, at least he was out and about and um, sam's profile is trained by an absolute genius so yeah there's a few it'd be very funny if sam's profile won as well simply from the point of view of uh brian cooper being sacked by gigginstown mouse morris being uh his horse has been <laughs> taken back Gigginstown. from Gigginstown. <laughs> yeah. and it'd be absolutely brilliant for them two to uh to combine and and beat battle over dying coming to the last would be uh would be something a proper story game. It would be, it would be. But I mean, Dermo mentioned earlier on about, you know, horses being held up with, with the, with the jabs. I mean, Ollie is going to be in that same yeah. camp as well, isn't he? So it'd just be interesting to see, you know, I'm of the same opinion. I thought he'd won at Cheltenham um, when he tipped up and, you know, that would, if he just stood up, he'd be going to Cheltenham now, you know, with some hellish good form in the Big book. Time. But just be, It'd be interesting to see because he got a dirty old fall as well that day, and then obviously he's going to have to have, have back off his, his his string a bit once yeah. he's got the got the jabs up to date. So there's one or two question marks to to answer, do you know? But at the same time, that will give you a little bit more value. It will do, and it's right there in the price right now. I think around double figures for that mm-hmm. horse. Um, okay, so we picked out a fair bit of value in the Ballymore. Let's move on naturally to the Albert Bartlett. Um, where Battle over Doyen is still at the top of this market. But Liz Nagar Oscar, who we've mentioned already on this podcast, will probably take that spot with Commander of Fleet. I'm amazed Commander of Fleet is still 7-1 to one for this race. Dickie Diver is in there, Dermo. Dickie Diver is in there. Now, I have a big issue, obviously, with horses like Dickie Diver for this. I think it's a race that doesn't generally... I don't feel the best horses win this race. You want a slower boat who's run you 25 want a times. Boat who's run a lot of times. <laughs> and kind of the horse that I've landed on that for that reason is Rock Point. Like I think Commander Fleet's going to be a much better horse. Uh, Liz Negroska is interesting because again, he's gone to all the parties as well this season, really. Um, so he'll tick a lot of boxes. But the rest of them, like Dickie Diver, Commander Fleet, was I think long-term they're going to be much, much better horses than, than the rest of these. Their trainers are clever. Um, they just want these horses to peak when the money is at its most when they're senior horses and they kind of slowly bring them towards that point whilst well, other trainers like Colin Tizard I respect them an awful lot because they have no problem just running their horses same as, as Rebecca Curtis and whilst Rock Point has been fairly stuffed the last twice he's drifted markedly both races I just think they've 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 kind of been using these as, um, as stepping stones onto Cheltenham because that day at Cheltenham, over the course and distance, he absolutely hammered that field. Really, he won it very well, and he was two and a half lengths ahead of Lisnagor Oscar. And Rock Point is now about 25 to 1, now running our bet. Um, it's just, it's a very big price. He's got very similar form to what Kilbrick and Storm came into the festival with last year. He's just a big, slow boat who'll have plenty of experience on this field. He'll, he'll probably go off near enough to mid-division. He'll try and kick like Kilbrick and Storm, and I just think he's too big a price for a horse who's uh, who ticks an awful lot of the boxes. But this race again, Dean, is not a race I go heavy on in because you could have a superstar in here that just mightn't win because 
some old boat is just better than that. <laughs> yeah, and day. we've seen that before. Yeah. Some very big guns turned up to this race, gone off to have really good careers and get turned over an hour. But Bartlett, yeah. uh, Paddy, the type of horse that win this race is not necessarily your commander of fleets or your Lisnagar Oscar. No, um, that's that's true. But I mean, for me, like the horse I mentioned earlier, you know, Dickie Divers around about eight, Lisnagar Oscar is seven. For me, if you wanted to offer me either horse I know which one I'd take I mean he is a little bit shorter now Lisnagar Oscar and he's got more experience but as far as potential goes if he can handle things on the day I think Dickie Diver around about eight like I said he's just such an unknown quantity and, and just the sheer ability that he's shown to, to go and win his, his point as impressively as he did and and really in my opinion could well be unbeaten going into Cheltenham but he's not but um, I think sort of eight to one is is um is pretty nice value for me. Okay. Interesting shout. There's only one other horse I wanted to throw into the mix. I actually ran in the Liz Nagar Oscar race. It's that Stony Mountain yeah. of Henry Daly's, who uh, I don't think that suited him at all behind Liz Nagar Oscar. Seemed to get kind of outpaced in the middle, stayed on really nicely towards the end. He's one of those types that turn up in that yeah, race just keep and running, just running, be there running. at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's 33 to 1, 25 to 1 available around him. Um, I thought he was interesting. Um, but I do think from a market check point of view the commander of fleet's going to go off pretty short in this race he will but so did debt duty so uh, yeah, yeah I'm you just, know i'm just food, saying yeah. if you want yeah. one of the short ones on side now oh he'll be shorter than yeah, sevens fair, or so yeah you fair. know it's probably a, a sensible enough each way poke but i could see him going off five to two or something absolutely ridiculous um on that race depending as well of course how davy russell and gordon elliott get on and that was something that Stephen Cass pointed out on this podcast just a week or so ago because you know markets are everything when you're trying to find a little bit of value should we look at the triumph hurdle um of course we we did think we might have a contender for sir eric to take on in fuso raffles but that was not going to make it to the festival uh, there isn't much else in this we have sir eric paddy yeah i mean look it's impossibly difficult to pick holes in this horse's form um i think if you had turned his runs around if he'd have won the first day um like he did at leperstown the last day i thought he learned far more on his debut run than what he did the last day just because of i mean we've discussed it anyway that we talked about being a muggy lead walsh just did what he had no one really took him on i mean that he, he jumped nice though, didn't he? And he does have a nice turn of foot. I mean, he's the, he's the package. He is. And look, he's very reliable. He's professional. Um, he's nothing flash, but, you know, his technique is good. He stays. He's just ticking all the boxes. But, you know, you've got to take a little bit around about 11 to 10. And, and, and you know, your, your next one in is sort of five or six to one. So it's a it's a yeah. big ask to go in there uh, at, at that sort of price. But then you've got to turn around and, and, and pick the holes in him. And that's where I'm struggling, really. Um, so for me, I... I was wanting to either go with Sir Eric or else you've got to look for something at a much bigger price to try and just pick up the pieces of the race. And I mean, I seen last night that the horse that ran at Nace the other day is actually in there as well, finished second and with another stride would have beaten Chosen Mate, uh, Hannon of John McConnell's. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, now Hannon has never even ran on the flat. He is he's by Scirocco, but you know, He's only had the three starts now. It was second first time. They took him over to Musselburgh. He won with the minimum of fuss. Now, in fairness, um, at Nace the other day, halfway up the run-in, Davy Noonan came over from, from England to, to, to ride him because he'd won him at Musselburgh. He dropped a stick halfway up the run-in, which I don't know if an awful lot of people noticed, you know? Oh, okay. Um, and now, and with another stride, 
he'd have been up because even you know the the the, the, the as soon as the flash passed the line, I, I couldn't have called it in a million years whether Davy had hung on. Now, yeah, some people would say, oh well, you know, he, he, he's idled in front and he's got mugged. But for me, Hannon got to his girt far enough from the line for Gordon Elliott's horse to pick up and go and hold him off, but he couldn't. Um, and I do think at roundabout, uh, I did look that. I mean, it's round about forty to one, Hannon. Um, it's massive, it's a massive price. price. But the the one thing this horse will do, he hurdles, he will stay, um, and you know he's relatively got you know enough experience now. And I just think he's he's because of same thing again. It, it, it's it's the same sort of. Um, sort of fiasco as with Martin Brazel because of connections being as they are you, there's some great value to be had there because this horse's form for me isn't too bad at all well he's a nod away from winning the grade two going into Cheltenham Festival running the Triumph so that's that's very relative I think interesting shout demo on the we've you know we've talked about Sir Eric forever is there something that we want to take on Sir Eric within here Paddy's made a good case for one um, not take on per se I think as uh, Sir Eric's going to be very hard. To, I, I think he's one of the certainties, really, of the week, Dean. Mm. But Gardens of Babylon's a bit big at 16-1. to 1. Uh, yeah. You know, nothing worked out for him that day. He, he he plugged on. The race is not going to work out like that at Cheltenham. Um, he's from the exact same sire, uh, Camelot, as the as Sir Eric. So he's equally as well-bred. Um, he ran in very similar maidens. And just that day, that, that race kind of didn't work out for him. But he still plugged on valiantly for second. And... Showed a decent turn of foot. Jump at the last to Cheltenham. You know, if he only had three or four lengths to make up in Sir Eric, mm-hmm. it might be a different story. I just think at 16 to 1, it just seems a big old price for a horse that's got that close or has been in the running with the horse already because that, uh, that K Distant, the second favourite there, it just a lot of the horses between Sir Eric and Garns of Babylon shouldn't be. I think Garns of Babylon is a clear second best horse. Interesting. Anyway. That is an interesting shout because Cal Destin looks like he'd be second favourite when you whittle this field down to what's actually going to turn up, right? So I wanted to throw Alan King's horse into the mix. Now, he didn't run at the weekend, but he did run on the flat just three weeks ago. That's Cracker Factory. He went off 10 to 11 for a race at Lingfield. I'm not sure if that's the right prep uh, for coming into a triumph. But he's like... A, a length and a half to find on Caldistan. Caldistan's in the market there about six to one. Probably got off a little bit short when this field whittles down. And Cracker Factory's there at 40s. Yeah. Now, he would have run at the weekend um, in the Fuso Raffles race, but they had Fuso Raffles, same owners. So he'd had a spin on the flat. I just think 40s, if I'm probably, you know, if I'm not already all in on Sir Eric, I will be chancing a couple of quid on Cracker Factory, whose early season form marked him out as a, a triumph type, and it is with Alan King. So I think he's, he's a decent enough shout. Uh, Mayor's novices, we might not labour on too much. We did just talk about Epitante earlier on in the show. Um, we've also got, of course, Honeysuckle in there. Um, is there any horse other than those two, Dama, that you're interested in the Mayor's? You mentioned a couple earlier on. Uh, yes, yeah, so obviously, look, look, the main two are as plain as day, and I think this podcast is fairly nailed. It's... Uh, it, it's fairly nailed to the mast. Of, the race uh, I brought to you by Honeysuckle. <laughs> brought to you by Honeysuckle, yeah. Like we are, we're, we're absolutely massive fans of hers. Epitante as well, obviously, has has come out and done what she's done. And the horses behind that, like, I mean, you've got Posh Trish is obviously, she's she's very good. She's as tough as nails. I mean, if she's in front of the last, she's going to be very hard to pass. You've got Scenario, who's a good horse. Salsaretta is 16 to 1. If she shows up here, she's also in the Neptune, but you think they take on a task like this rather than go into a very hot Neptune. And it's looking like a very decent race, um, but I just can't get away from Honeysuckle. Epitante is now making the market for that horse in a way, I think. Going to hold the price up anyway. On the day, I mean, if Henderson has a good start to the week, 
we're going to end up with massive with bigger odds on honeysuckle on the day and i think i'll be i'll be flying into her she's just been brilliant she's really really good she has it would be great for henry as well to to land a mayor's novices with honeysuckle just because i like henry de bromhead i couldn't yeah. think of another reason why it'd be great but it will be great <laughs> if, good man. Good it man. will be great from a financial point of view too patty on the mayor's novices uh dermo's kind of spun for it we've talked about them plenty on the yeah and uh, i would agree with dermo that this is probably although it is, it is only grade two it's probably one of the the, the best races really uh form wise at the festival and I say honey, I would be much happier to be with Honeysuckle a fight to two rather than be with Epitante a fight to two. Um, simply on what on what we've seen, um, you know, Honeysuckle's got more experience, and do the same connections own the other mayor, Sonoria? I mean, yeah. Sonoria's form was obviously backed up by Gordon Elliott's horse winning that um, winning at Nace the other day. I know he, he only just hung on, but nonetheless, I thought he ran his race when he was beaten by Sonoria last time. So, you know, it's it's not it's not false form. So, you know, it's the, the uh, connections have got a very very strong hand going into that race. But it's 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 a cracking good race and and, and with some real good mares in it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have anything else to mention bar honeysuckle. And I think because we've talked about it so much, uh, it is shaping up to be a nice race. <laughs> we've never, we've uh, never spoke as much about the mayor's division. Right? <laughs> honeysuckle. <laughs> okay, let's take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll do the Cheltenham Novice Chases. Bet hard. Home of the 30% combo booster is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, BetHard has you covered with non-runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit BetHard today, where winners dare more. Ages 18 and over, visit BeGambleAware.org. Okay, welcome back to the race hour brought to you with our friends at Gambling.com and of course, BetHard. Um, it's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel. Now we're going to look at the Cheltenham Novice Chases. We're going to ramble through, uh, starting with the Arkle. I go into a bit of a spat on Twitter uh, just over the last couple of days, where I described, uh, I was actually my shock that you can take one horse out of an arkle. That's Larishberg, who sadly won't make it. And suddenly everyone thinks it's the worst arkle they've ever seen. I tell you what, last year's arkle was horrendous, is my view. So uh, I think we should let these ones run before we ever get involved in that kind of nonsense. I must stay off Twitter, I think actually is what I've learned. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad advice. <laughs> I must stay off Twitter. Uh, Dermo thought it was funny that just because I hate footpad. I don't hate footpad. <laughs> you do. You I, do. I, I really don't. Day one, you've hated that horse. I really no, hate him. I, I don't hate footpad. He's a hugely overrated horse. He's who, a very good who horse. you happen to hate. I know, I don't hate him. Okay, let's talk about the Arkle. We've no Larishberg, Paddy. Really sad news because I think we discussed them plenty on the race hour in the run-up to Cheltenham so far. And we all were very impressed with him. Looked like he knew his job. He's not going to make it. Yeah, no, I was disappointed for sure. Um, he was one of my real fancies as well because simply because of his makeup and the way he went about things. But, um, you know, the only doubt was that I think that actually it could have been Dermot that mentioned it that he'd had a very busy year to reach Berg, And maybe this is this is sort of maybe why... Um, He's picked up this this injury. I don't know how bad it is. Well, I was trying I was trying to pick holes in him, Paddy. Is about the only one I could find is that he'd run like ninety five times yeah. in September. Was it, was it, it, it must have been you, then, Dino, mentioned it. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was the only thing I could find to go against him. Was he's a bit offended here now, Paddy, that he's not getting the attention? No, 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 that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Demo always steals my good stuff. Anyway. We'll, we'll let you have that one then. But so yeah, th that could have been a, a contributing factor. So, but look, we'll never know. Um, I don't know if I'm a massive lover of Defi Desai, certainly not at 5-2. I mean, 
obviously Lawler he would have had a race penciled in around the, the that weekend of of the when racing was off did he Lawler because like obviously he only went to was it Exeter he went for it's the a, gallop the other day yeah yeah he's done a gallop I mean it would have been it would have been ideal to get another run into him 94 days before an arc or without a run is a long time but you know that run we all remember that run in November at Cheltenham it was brilliant it was the striking performance of this group of novices I think yeah but you see then all you've got in, in the back of your mind is the last time we've seen him in um, in December at Sandown when he looked he was disappointed I know it was dynamite dollars but you know he looked laboured he didn't jump as well I mean that day at Cheltenham he was absolutely fantastic and he really did look the real deal um, but at Sandown the last day you couldn't have helped but being disappointed for me and the fact that yeah. we've not seen him since you know yeah everything went well in the race course gallop but you know they're not going to say it went badly and we're still going to Cheltenham so you know they've got to say that but you know and he's 11 to 4 but you know I mentioned Glenn Forza here um before he won at, at Sandown the other day, I thought there was no fluke about it. Um, he isn't spectacular as regards jumping-wise, but, you know, for a horse who's fairly low mileage and, and low in experience, I thought he handled the railway fences at Sandown very well. He, he is just A to B, but he's very good on his feet. He gets the job done, and like I say, because Mick Shannon's name is next to him, I think he, you're always going to get a little bit of value. But, you know, really, I think we all know that these are Henry and Knight's horses and, and she's still got a fair hand in, in, in training them. And um, they're, they're proper national hunt types, you know, that the Radfords have always had. They've always had a sort of traditional, real good-looking national hunt type. And, and that's what they've got yeah. here as well with, with Glenn Forza. Um, I mean... I just like the way he he gets on with it. He's uncomplicated, and he the fact of the matter is, you know, they started this horse off around Chepstow, which is a massive big track to jump round. He was impeccable. Then he went to Kempton and Sandown. So although he's going to to run in the Arkle, having ran in three chases, he's been round, you know, sort of three so called park tracks with big fences to take jumping, and he really he's been impeccable. Um, so. I really like him at round about four to one, but said there's a few others you, you could you could throw in there, um, but I think for me he's a horse who's really on the improve and he's he's definitely nicer value at four to one. Yeah, yeah, he's a fascinating horse in the race to be honest because a lot of Henrietta's hurdling is never the plan. No. When I know we could all credit to Mick Shannon, I just don't want to give that back. And Johnny Burke has been brilliant. Exactly, huh? exactly. So they've got a proper jumping horse and that's everything that Paddy has been saying about Glenn Force. I think he's a fascinating contender in here. We just don't know um, whether Kalashnikov ran up to form. It's, it's possible Kalashnikov did run up to form last day. And if he did run up to form, then Glenn Force will win this arco. Layla having that break and there's a question mark for me. Deffy Desoy is now in the right race, I would say. I think the Arco is the right race for Deffy Desoy. And then we've got Willie Mullins's Duke de Genève. But the thing about Kalashnikov is, you know, round Sandown, he had him beat from the back of the third last. It, it, oh, it wasn't that Kalashnikov was ever going to win the race. Um, Correct. He doesn't like a right-handed though, does he, Kalashnikov? No. Well, he, that's, that's, he, that's all you can cling to. Yeah, <laughs> the, that was the only thing the other day was, although he's been placed going right-handed, he's never actually won. But nonetheless, yeah. he was never at any point in that race at Sandown was was he going to win. Um, so that was probably the most disappointing thing. But um, he, I, I don't know, he, he certainly wasn't beat by, by a mug, but you know he was well beat. Yeah. He was well beat. I think it's very hard to cling on to any hope. I'm trying to 
because I, I like Kalashnikov, but he's going to have to step right back up to that supreme form, even if that's good enough to do anything in this race. Demo, final word in the article to you. Um, yeah, I tend to go with just the best horse in the race, and Lawler, so. Lawler is that. I mean, yep. it's, you know, you, you can go for these kind of quiet types all you want, and the potential improvers. If Silas Emery makes it, that'll be the horse I'll be back in on the day. Doesn't but look he, likely. He's had his problems, so yeah. it doesn't look likely. I mean, Lawler has done absolutely nothing wrong. Didn't handle Sandown that day at all. The ground just completely went against him. But like, even going back to that, that run at Aintree last year uh, when he won the the top novices hurdle, like Vision de Flow in second, Bedrock in third, Mind's Eye in fourth, back in sixth is Global Citizen. I mean, that's proper proper form, and he put them all in his wake I just think the way this article has worked out this year is that we're not really fully sure how strong it is and I just think I think this can be quite a simple equation look for the best horse I think Lawler is that few people on Twitter seem to know how strong this article was just I think between I think having a row about this year's article and last year's article is like trying to pick which one of your arms you want broken they're both terrible really in, in the grand scheme <laughs> <laughs> there'll be plenty there'll be plenty of volunteers willing to, uh, to, to, to look after you there Demo <laughs> Demo, we get we'll, we'll we'll move on from that. I think we've done it to death. Uh, a race we haven't talked a lot about because I don't think anyone really liked the market that much was the JLT. And if uh, Deffy is diverting, which we think he will divert, there is a actually I saw David Jennings who's going to host our preview night um, tomorrow, uh, which you can all catch on video. Of course, I saw him talking about the fact that JP doesn't like the arc. Or he had Larishberg for the race. Now he could potentially, but Deffy Desoy. Now I think Dave Jennings, and this this stat is wrong, but it's close to being right. Said he had six runners in something like twenty years in the Arco, which is ridiculous when he you think about. He's like Gigginson. He doesn't really buy too much. Doesn't have those types yeah, of horses. Where with them. Joey, you'd imagine he's going to have a runner in the Arco every that's year it, now exactly. from now yeah, on. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah okay. Maybe that's another stat you can you can chuck away. But I still thought it was interesting. If Deffy does go to jail, JLT, I think he'll win it, Paddy. Yeah, but this is the question mark, isn't it? He's certainly better value um, for me anyway. Um, I, I was looking last night, he was around about fours, but he's, he's chopping and changing a bit. Um, him and Lawson Translation, they've they've met a couple of times this year, and it was just a funny race. I always thought at, at the last time they did meet at Cheltenham, definitely decide just, I don't know, from the back of the last, he said he was going to go and win quite nice, and for me it looked like he just hung fire a little bit and gave the Tizard horse a chance to come back and beat him but that said once he got upsides him he didn't really battle back um, so I think the best horse won on the day but obviously they turned that form around again going the other way around at Sandown the last day didn't they but um, I like the horse of Willie Mullins real steel do you think will he turn up for the JLT? I think so. Paddy. I'd say he will, yeah. yeah. Um, he makes a weird shape over his fences, Paddy, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not the most natural. For, for me, he's like Kaleshnikov. He's got to yeah. he's got to work hard at his jump, but it just doesn't come completely natural to him. Um, so he's obviously and he has been on the floor, but I mean, every time I've seen this horse's price, he is shortening in all the time. The JLT. I mean, he's down to around about six to one now, but certainly he's going to have to be pretty smart on his feet uh, around Cheltenham but if he does get that department right I think you know he, he wouldn't be the, the, the worst shout in the world but um, it's just be interesting to see who, who turns up and who doesn't really yeah I mean I'm happy to move on from the JLT because I can't tell you what's going to line up in this race Emma. yeah there's just one price not running a bet and uh, Tommy Kennedy 93 said it the last night on, uh, on Twitter and it kind of intrigued me when I went through the field top of the game not running a bet Paul Nichols is the greatest trainer at plotting his horses and seeing, smelling blood in the water and changing course. Yeah. If he needs to. He now has a choice between 
going for the RSA, which is a very competitive heat with Santini and Delta work there fighting it out. Yeah. Or he can come to this race, which is cut up terribly with a horse that finished second last year in the Coral Cup over this course. Yeah. Over this trip, sorry. Yeah. I think top of the game has to come for this race. And I, yeah. getting seven to one now running no bet. If he's declared, he's six to four, seven to four. But to me, just because Larishbeg's come at the Arco, he had that choice anyway. He could still have been talking about doing that anyway. I don't think he was going to be worried about taking on Defi Desoy with top of the game. Yeah, that's fair. But there is the opportunity, blood in the water, like you say. Larishbeg comes out, Defi Desoy moves to an Arco. Um, he gets a free shot at the JLT, potentially a free shot at the yeah. JLT. And then your beloved Santini goes and wins the RSA. It'd be just, just my whole week, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Happy days. Um, we are going on to the RSA. So if that happens, then you'll be sitting pretty with uh, with Santini sat at the top of the RSA market and no top of the game take him on. But no top have, of the game, yeah. Delta work. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big Santini man. Always have been since his first run on the track when he beat uh, Chef de Zobo very easily. And... Um, Santini is excellent now the big worry is he hasn't had a run but Nicky Henderson gets them to shout them without a run a lot of the time and they do it quite well so it wouldn't be a major concern but a big brute like him you'd kind of prefer now to get the to blow the cobwebs off him I just think a lot of Irish punters particularly are writing off Santini and saying that Delta Work has the best form Delta Work beat Larisberg over two and a half miles and that's the form that's kind of pushed him into the reckoning for this Louisburg's not a two and a half miler. No, and he's run 97 times already. Yeah, you know, Immortal back in third. I mean, Mortal, he's not up to Santini. Then you've got Santini who didn't handle Kempton, but stayed on and on and on behind the Bagara on top of the game. Yeah. It's very strong. Very, very strong. It is. Uh, The RSA, Paddy. Yeah, it's just that, it's that Drinmore form. I know it was two and a half when he beat Louisburg, but, you know, Jets was eight lengths back in third. Cadmium was four lengths further back in fourth. The, yeah, the horse that bought me in Dermo Love, a Paul Knowles, Discorama, was four lengths back in fourth. Um, so, you know, it just it just shows you what sort of an engine, what sort of an engine Larishberg has that he actually still managed to to, to run as well as what he did. Um, but that's one thing that Gordon Elliott keeps chirping about with Delta Work is he is the only horse to beat Larishberg, and he's three and three over fences, and I think he's priced up roundabout where he should be. Um, I think you're going to get a bit of value also with Santini because we haven't seen him for a bit. But like Dormo says, um, you know, he's not going to leave anything to work on in that department, Henderson. But uh, I'd prefer to be in the Delta work uh, camp. I just think that that drain more form for me. Um, I take Dormo's point on board about the reach board, but I, I think it's it's it really is rock solid. Yeah. I, I understand that. My accent might not give it away, but I'm a fairy house native. So I love the Drimmore as a race to bring that form to Cheltenham. Um, you've made a really good case for how strong that form actually was if you look past the Richberg, which is, you know, it's very interesting. If they were the same price, I think I'd back Delta Work. The fact that Delta Work is a bigger price than Santini, I think that's the only way you could go. Um, uh, maybe a shout for Vindication, Paddy. I know you're a fan. Yeah, I mean, he, he just looked a bit labor, didn't he, round... Sandown the other day. I mean, I know Kim Bailey always, he, he said as soon as he'd entered the horse that the ground wasn't going to be ideal. But look, I just would have liked to see him at some point of the race sort of threaten. He was never going to win. He ran okay, but he was never going to win. Um, I thought he handled the railway fences all right. Um, but it was his biggest test to date, and I just thought he came up a little bit short. I do think okay. I do think we'll see a slightly different animal at Cheltenham, but he, he's going to have to improve a bit. He is. 
Um, but there's no reason why he couldn't do it there. I guess it, it's about whether they kind of let him go and bowl along on those fences. He might just enjoy himself. Um, it's going to be a really good RSA. If top of the game stays in, one of the best ones we've seen uh, for a while, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the final novice chase that we're going to talk about on this podcast. Uh, that's the National Hunt Challenge um, the four miler, of course, fascinating that OK Corral goes here and not to an RSA. I think he was in anyone else's hands. We've talked about this on the race hour before. I think he'd be aimed at one of the other novice events like an RSA. Uh, Ballywards in here. Champagne Classic perhaps goes here. Does he, Demo? I yeah, yeah. Well, it's a purpose which I think is a mad call, but yeah, it is. It does seem an odd call, but he's a talented beast, so he's an interesting runner. Net, and then we've all talked about Descarama on here. So, are there any changes from the previous views, Paddy? I'll come to you first. Um, no, I, I think they've really plotted this horse. I mean, obviously O'Connor's O'Connor ride him, would he? Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah, um, I mean, you know, you look back last year and he really gave Gerty an awful time in the Albert Bartlett last year. I mean, he could hardly ride him. He didn't jump very well. He got the, you know, he got the last all wrong and he, he was he was hanging left all up the run. I mean, Gerty yeah. could hardly ride him, but you know, he still got to it in sort of two or three lengths of Kilbrick and Storm. And I mean, he had Santini behind him that day. So, you know, he's no mug and... I mean, look, it wasn't at Warwick the last day, although it was a listed race. Um, I don't think it was, it was It was very deep. There was only four runners. But in fairness to Derek O'Connor, from the back of last, this horse, that to say he stays, he actually quickened, yeah. you know. Um, he quickened, and I was impressed by that. And, you know, it was it was a perfect prep. And obviously, like you say, with, with Derek on board, um, you know, I think last year's, Albert Bart a second, you know, he looks reasonable value round about 130. And and then obviously our um Mina Dormo's favourite horse, Discorama. Uh, you know, each wave's round about fourteens. That price has been coming in ever since we started talking about the horse as well. And now Paul Nolan's uh, jumped on and, and made some very nice comments about Discorama. My view is that if OK Corral skips the hottest ticket in town, which is the RSA and goes here. He's a very worthy favorite. The only issue you have, I don't know the exact stat because I'm not really that man, but uh, Nicky Henderson doesn't train many four-mile winners of anything. No, he definitely does not. He hasn't won the Grand National yet, has he? Um, no. It's, um, no not, not, not that that means too not much. Not that that means anything. But it's not, that it's not the type of horse that he gets. He gets no. the flashier, you know. I think, firstly, I think uh, people probably aren't reading into the fact that um, this horse has obviously been trained for the four-miler as well because it's in memory of J.T. McNamara and I'd imagine uh, J.P. McManus has been looking of for course. a horse for that race. So yeah. that that logic makes perfect sense. I'm still not moving away from this Grammy. 16 to 1, which is criminal compared to Bally Ward's price. He, he was coming to beat Bally Ward, in my opinion, and just kind of fell away afterwards. I, I just think he's uh, he's too big at 16 to 1. Yeah. Dermot, who do you think would ride this Grammy? Would you have any idea? Yeah, uh, Paul Nolan was on TV on Sunday and said that uh, the, the brilliant Barry O'Neill has been booked. Oh, it's deadly, a great book. Deadly. Yeah, yeah, it is a brilliant book. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we've seen each way value, although we all respect the favourite is the favourite on absolute merit. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. For English punters that don't know Barry O'Neill, he really is. He's fantastic. He's one of the best amateurs there is. He's oh yeah. He's on the Wexford. He's on the northern side of the point-to-point scene here, and he is uh, he is. He's fantastic. And we know Patrick will ride Ballyward, of course, for Willie Mullins. So 
you know, that race is shaping up. If you put Champagne Classic in there, I'm not sure who Gordon will use. Lisa, imagine. Ah, Lisa could ride yeah, that yeah. one. Okay. All right. Shaping up to be a cracking race, that one as well. Of course, that is the four miler. Uh, Cheltenham, really enjoyed today's podcast, gents. Thanks to Paddy Aspel. Thanks to Dermot Nolan. I've been Dean Ryan. This is the Race Hour podcast brought to you with gambling.com and those clever fellas at Bet Hard. We'll do it all again next week. Do look out for our preview nights coming to you on YouTube uh, from gambling.com. Uh, Dave Jennings, Don McLean, Mikey Fogarty, Keith Donahue. Dermot Nolan and myself and also there's a race hour extra podcast coming your way with myself and Jessica Lamb talking to Nikki Henderson Gordon Elliott and Willie Mullins from all the stable talks so plenty to come your way uh, thanks very much for listening to the race hour <laughs>